This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Uncle Opie is both an actor and a rapper who's been finding and creating opportunities for over 20 years. Mr. E has been a frequent collaborator with Opie, including on their upcoming track, Dope Show All-Stars. And here's your warning, this conversation is explicit. So like right now, you release a new song like every month, every couple weeks. Is that kind of your thing? Yeah, well like, okay, I'm going to be rude. There's a little secret here going on. Oh. Are we recording? Yeah, are we recording? Wonderful. <laughs> you ain't gonna put that other shit in there, are you? <laughs> yes. No. <Nah. laughs> Just like let people's imagination run wild. <laughs> all right. So, what was the question? You like were... you're making a song like every month. Okay. And uh, so that's like a strategy. All right. So here's here's the the ticket. I'm a weird guy. Okay. I got a lot of upstairs shit going on. But so I have the same. About 25 songs now that I've always had, and I just keep redoing them because, <laughs> nice. no, well, here's why, because I'm a, every artist really feels, if you're, you don't feel this way unless you're a real artist, is what I actually have told myself. You don't feel like your shit's ever good enough, and so you're like, I could do that better. And then time goes on, and shit changes, do you see what I mean? Like, the sound of everything, that's always was my fear starting out, was like, I, I'm from Ogden fucking Utah, the smallest nowhere place in the world. There's no way anything what I'm going to say or be talking about is going to be culturally relevant at any given point, because we're already, like, walking around with ET shirts on, bumping too legit to quit as if it's new and shit. But now, I mean, shit's changed now like it's the future nowadays like I, I feel great about it. so like I do come out with new shit like every three or four months there's a new a new track that comes out but for the most part like I just keep re-releasing and remaking old shit you know what I mean well and I do that a ton like the stuff I wrote when I was 20 it just like hits different now yeah. I sing it different now and you're like, like it sounds so much better this way or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah there's a whole different like feeling yeah. to it I have never ever released a song that Within a month later, I'm going, shit, I should have done it this way. Once you listen to it 80 times, you start harmonizing it. with it. You start doing different backups or uh-huh. ad-libs. So, yeah, yeah and the stuff that comes to you now to do to it is just so different than the stuff that came to you, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, exactly. So is that how long you've been making music? Is like 15, 20 years? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I would say, yeah, probably about 20, 25 years. Like, and doing shows too? So the shows actually, here in Ogden, there was this whole little... I don't know, man. Nobody that you're trying to do shows with is going to tell you how fucking easy it is to get shows and do them. And so for years, you know, right? Am I wrong? And so for years, I I spun my circles just trying to fucking, quote unquote, get shows until finally one day I just went in and talked to the club owners and I was like, can I book a show? And they're like, yeah, what the fuck? It's like the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? But they weren't nothing big. Like my first show was Cinco de Mayo. Hey, our, hey, our first show was Cinco de Mayo. And I'm like, oh, it was at Ogden High. Oh, and we had already graduated, so we're... Mine was at the amphitheater in front of all of Ogden. And uh, you weren't supposed to swear because it's like a family event, you know what I mean? Yeah. And at the time, I, I, I really didn't know how serious that like guideline was. And so I just got up there and I was just like... <laughs> Fucking and all my music is like suck my dick. It's about my nuts, like all this other shit. So I'm up there and even I'm like I'm saying a lot of foul fucking shit. There's like little kids dancing around. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so finally they just like the the fucking announcer just comes up like between one of my songs. I had like like fucking ten more minutes to go. I was only up there like two minutes and he's like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Like we can't have this shit. And I was like, I know. Uh, That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with you. (laughs) So shows. Like, would you say you've done three a year over the past, like, that many years? Or Okay, so I'll say doing shows, like, religiously. When I first started doing that was probably, when did we start doing shows? 
10 years. Eight to 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 10 years ago. And then just literally never stopped. I've done multiple shows every single month since then. Really? Steve actually taught me how to run shows and book shows and like book other artists on shows and shit like this. And uh, so I was doing that for a good fucking probably seven years. And then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, uh, not because of COVID, but two like three people in my little group, a black shirt, they all died like the same fucking times. Really? Yeah, it was crazy as fuck. Of different shit that wasn't COVID. Yeah, yeah which was crazy because it wasn't COVID. You know what I mean? So the the show slowed down for that. Yeah, so the show slowed down for like two or three years. Uh, not just because because of COVID. One, I couldn't fucking book shows, and then the other, just because everybody died, I kind of went into a depressed downward spiral and just kind of fucked up everything. And so, really, still just coming out of that right now. Kind of a shame all that happened because you had quite the scene going on in Ogden. Actually yeah. filling up the clubs and yeah. the bars. And fuck yeah, dude. And like coming in now and people are like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, I gave you a job. What do you mean? Dude, like, that is fuck? exactly how I feel about so many artists. Yeah, dude. It's... You wouldn't be opening up for touring acts or anything if I hadn't uh, done it first. Half these fucking touring acts wouldn't even be coming here. Right. Anybody. And they'd be like, fucking Utah. Hell no, dude. Like, And then we finally got people coming here. And now, now they come here steady all the fucking time. But... Well, yeah, you say he told you how to how to book shows. Like, what's the philosophy there? All right, so like I said, anybody can walk in and ask uh, any random club for a show and probably fucking get it. The, the simplest shit in the world, people won't do it. Like, in the local rap scene is like the people who think, oh, I, I can book these shows and nobody else can, so I can charge these artists to do whatever the fuck they want. Da, 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 da. Our shit was this. Like, I don't want to book touring acts at all because that I'm paying them money that I don't fucking have, and I, it doesn't impress me anymore. After the first time you meet, you know, these famous people, it's fucking dumb as fuck. You, you figure out they're all pieces of shit anyway. Everybody's trying to make money. You might as well try and make some money. But so that's to, the thing people will do is, like, f- find somebody touring, offer them a certain amount of money to come in here. And so open, they usually so have, they a, set, they have a set price. All these rap artists, big dog touring x whatever they all have a set price and i mean you can negotiate it with them pro- uh, probably a little bit but most of them are not gonna fucking budge on it you know what i mean uh-huh. and a lot of it's like five ten fucking grand realistically and wow. like these dudes are paying the shit and i'm like you don't even have ten thousand dollars to like feed your fucking family what the fuck are you doing you know what i mean but they'll do it because they think in their head i can turn around and uh uh pass the buck down to the fucking artist and charge them like that's what they do and you'd go to the promoter and be like hey can i open up for this guy and he'd say okay i'll give you fucking 20 tickets but i'm gonna charge you like anywhere between three to five hundred dollars for these tickets and then so each ticket's only valued at what like 10 or 15 bucks you know what I mean? So you're paying like triple the value of these fucking tickets trying to make back one third of your fucking money. Huh. And the promoters know this. And the promoters know that there are so many new up and coming wannabe rappers at any given fucking time that there is some little dumbass white kid from Utah who will pay this fucking money. And there is yep. all over the fucking place, no matter what. We used to make money off these fuckers left and right. Unlike I ended up making a lot more money as a promoter oh, than yeah. an artist. Fuck yeah, dude. And, and that's, so that's the avenue to go down. The shit these kids don't understand. And then the openers can't sell tickets for shit. That's the big game out here is like who yep. can they can't sell and it trips me the fuck out i'm like people already want to go to these concerts you go find the people that want to go to these concerts and sell them the fucking tickets are you dumb but like they can't bro they they pass it all off on the artist mm-hmm. and then there's this constant like tension and argument all the time between well you're the promoter aren't you supposed to be promoting and selling tickets well you're the artist don't you take your craft serious enough to promote yourself did it and back and forth back and forth it goes and it'll never end you see uh-huh. what i mean and they both have a point but so 
is the other approach you can take that you are finding local people who you don't have to pay so much for. Absolutely. Putting together a bill. You can, you can find uh-huh. all the best local rappers and just do good shows and make 20 times the amount of people come to your local shows yep. with no famous artists and like make fuck tons of money and have the best fucking night of your life and sell the place out. But you will never do that with a touring act ever. Uh, yeah, depending on how new they are to the game as well. You can get a lot of acts to come in and play for absolutely free. Absolutely nothing. And just they'll to be get amazing. their name out. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You're like, I have access to a club. I can get you on stage. We yeah. can put you headline. You know, you paint it up as beautiful as you can. Yeah. Make your own. And your they own will country. fucking. And right. it's, and it's, we have a valid point to do that too. It's not, it's not a hustle. It's not a lie. Anything like we're giving you a stage, but that's, that's the type of shit that it takes having it done to you before you realize Oh, I can just skip this guy and do it on my own. Exactly. (laughs) That's where all the money's made. That's where all the fun happens. It's it's amazing. Local shows are the best fucking shows. I hate going and paying 30 bucks to see some fucking asshole who's... Like he should be a local act wherever he's from. Right, exactly. And and, and I know 9 million people better than him that like... Don't even like ever go to a studio or anything. You know what I'm saying? And like that, that used to be my thing is trying to find the best local people. Like we'd find these people that were just fucking incredible and had never been on a stage, never recorded a day in their life and like get them to do a show and like just blow everybody's fucking mind. They'd be like, who the fuck was that guy? You know what I mean? And like, and just keep bringing them back and bringing them back because everybody knew he would be there and just, I don't know, it was awesome. That was the whole thing. People don't understand. Once you stop trying to make fucking money, you'll start making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. A lot of it. Well, yeah. like I said, you can get these guys to do it for free, and then to keep that kind of thing going, you kick them down some money at the end of the night. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, And, right. and then it's out of left field. They didn't expect that, and it's like, oh, my gosh, we'll do anything now. Like, exactly. this guy's treating us good. Yeah. And that's always, I think that's important in any business, obviously. Treat treat people well. But. And it, it's never, like, a big amount of money. It's just whatever the fuck you made that night. Just go, hey, we made this much, here's this much. And, like, nobody's ever made about it they're like cool thank you you yeah. know what i mean yeah, yeah. like they the because so many people that they're so used to the other you know the alternative being fucked over all the time we had a guy say Fuck yeah no i just want to be a rapper and it started getting to the point where it's like okay you go be a rapper elsewhere then because right. this machine takes a lot to keep it running a lot of working parts. and you're not just gonna fucking ride on coattails like yeah. that's crazy you just want to be a rapper go get signed then or something right or for like sure and that's the biggest scam right. in the music industry at least in hip-hop that i know of is signing record deals. Oh, yeah. Do it on your fucking own. Yeah, right. What do you even get out of that anymore? Nothing. Nothing. There's not even a reason to do it anymore. It's Any so, money you do get is a is an advancement. You owe it back. I learned that yeah. shit. I had a distribution deal through a company called... Fuck, do they even exist anymore? I don't know. Platinum Groove Entertainment. Do you remember these people <laughs> way back in the day? But it's anyway. before you were streaming. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was before streaming even existed. And I learned a lot through that company. But so distribution deals are very different than fucking actual record deals. But yeah. Can you not get by focusing on Ogden? Do you have to go down to Salt Lake? And is it different booking shows in Ogden than it is? in Salt Lake oh dude there's so fuck there's three parts to this place it's Ogden Salt Lake and then Provo is a whole different fucking animal too it's insane it's like the people in Ogden and Salt Lake loosely fuck with each other and then the people in Provo have no idea who we are and we have no idea who the fuck they are it's the craziest shit ever uh the city itself won't allow a lot of music here anymore because it's a more family-oriented place now, the gentrification that's going on and stuff like that. And so, like, I went and talked to Tommy at fucking Kamikazes even, and he was like, I wish I could book more shows. They fucking literally will not let me. Like, it has to be, like, one weekend day a week and only, like, every other week or some shit. Because they built those apartments and shit? Yeah, all that shit. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a noise ordinance now in fucking downtown. Wow, Yeah, and then they closed Sand Trap because the same same reason, because they were too fucking loud. Because they built that. He used to fill that place. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fuck fill it, fill it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like people waiting outside in the parking lot all fucking night to get in, never getting in. You know what I mean? Oh, I would stay outside wow. the whole fucking night yeah. unless like I was playing or you were because really? you're just shoulder to shoulder with people. Exactly. I love that goddamn place. But yeah, so now there's nowhere else even in Ogden to perform music at at all. I had no idea that was happening because like I've heard people doing rock. Sure. Complain about that ever since the basement and the mojos closed down. Oh, yeah. You can't do that shit. Yeah. But they would always say, but we've got this great hip-hop scene. Right. And, the, you know, they talk about kamikazes or a couple of places we'd have around. Yeah. But if that's fucking dying, that's, like, sad. There's, that's Yeah, like, there's what? nothing now, dude. It's it's fucking way sad. Like, even the rock bands here, there's nothing here anymore. Wow. It's just fucking... And so, how did the music writing start? Like, was it always hip-hop? Like, is it because of a love for lyrics? Like, how did that stuff... All right, you want to hear a story? So when I was a kid, I learned that this was weird along, like after the fact. So uh, I was about 11, 12, 13 years old. And everybody my age was like getting into like bands and shit like that, like wearing like band t-shirts to school, all this other shit. I literally have never had never to up to that point like listened to music or taken an interest in it or anything like that and thought that there were just people out there who just didn't listen to music. Like, I thought that was a normal fucking thing. And then uh, I remember I was, uh, we, it was the first time we got cable. This is the weirdest shit ever. And I started staying up all night, every fucking night watching TV. And we had VH1, B, uh, BET, all that other shit. And I was just like, holy shit, rap music is like the shit, dude. I don't know why, but it was like the first thing I had heard just as music went. And I remember the first shit I heard was like Too Short and like Bone Thugs in Harmony back in those days. And I was just like, stood out to me because like poetry I mean I, I knew what poetry was and I had heard poetry and all this other shit but like I had never really taken like I said never really taken an interest in music whatsoever in the least like and then I heard like I said rap music and it was just like oh my god this is fucking phenomenal and so I, I remember I searched delved deeper into music and like listen to like punk rock and all this other shit and just was not really a fan of it and then I just in school would sit there and rewrite lyrics obviously I think this is everybody's story you know what I mean rewrite your favorite rap lyrics and shit like that and then just try to put my lyrics with it and then I remember this this whole this whole thing started because I was writing these lyrics in my in my little notebooks and shit and the teachers made it this giant deal and thought that I was writing like death threats to people and shit. <laughs> Cops got involved. I got kicked out of fucking school. Like and then they go and inter it was fucking nuts and they go and interview my mom about it, ask or you know, ask her these questions and shit. And like what do you say about your child writing all these like demonic death threatening things? And she's like, My child writes beautiful things. So made her look fucking crazy, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I remember thinking like if this is the impact that this shit has obviously i gotta be doing this you know what i mean uh, oh, no so, yeah fuck yeah <laughs> it's the best way, to get, the best way to get a reaction yeah exactly and so just <laughs> never stopped and from that minute i was like i'm gonna be a fucking rapper for sure you know is there a theme that you go for when you're writing or is there like a thing that you prefer to write about oh, or yeah. like a, a ethos you have you know what i mean yeah fuck yeah hell yeah i uh <laughs> just the gutter grittiest fucking shit that I can think. No, uh, so I mean, we. Uh, I try to write based on real experience, believe it or not. And so, I write a lot about drugs. If you if you guys haven't noticed, like a lot about drugs, a lot of '80s movies references, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of shit about prostitutes, food stamps, Ogden. I don't know, man. Just the broke shit. I try to think about like. So the, my whole thing was this. When I first started writing, I would write like the most hardcore gangster shit that I could obviously never get away with saying because I'm fucking redheaded white kid from Utah. You know what I mean? And so uh, I don't know why one day I just was like, you know what I'm going to do is try and make kind of a mockery of that, I guess. And then 
it just evolved into what it is now where i don't know i i love my fucking writing style because i know that nobody else is doing this shit you know yeah 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 I'm in a Datsun with a flat, getting blowed in the parking lot. I'm sniffing PCB off of the blade of a rounding buck nine. With a cop son in the back, rolled up in a carpet on top of me, flipping these CDs. I got it made, but I'm howling fuck live. Got a glory hole with a Oreo, trying to get my fucking rocks off. Put a hole we know for the Mori show, I need a fix that'll blow my socks there's a lot of wordplay. There's a lot. I like. Thank the, you, man. Like the references and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was listening to Tetris, which is fucking good. Thank you. And then I was wondering, like, what it is about, like, there's a lot of crossover between geek culture and hip hop culture. Sure. Uh, so, uh, another story, real quick. Check this out. So, my producer, his name is Gino, and he's from a group called 801 Intentions. Okay. Gino is, I hate to say, he's the biggest fucking nerd I've ever met in my life. Like comic books, pop. Pop, vinyl, Funkos, whatever the Isn't fuck Isn't his are. boy named Anakin? Anakin, yeah, is his son's name. <laughs> yeah, fuck and, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking gangster <laughs> shit. Anyway, so I go to prison. Every single fucking little gangbanger, like, dude in prison thinks that Gino is, like, this ultra superior OG who's, like, a killer and shit. And, like, he's, like, five foot nothing, bro, like, with, like, glasses. And so when we were first started rapping, it was, like, you could not get away with saying, like, oh, I collect Pokemon cards and shit. Like, that was, like, the goofiest shit you, you, would, you could say. And now it's, like, that's... I don't even relate to these new guys. Like, I couldn't get down with somebody remaking some, like, the theme song to Pokemon as a rap beat or something. I don't fucking know, dude. It wouldn't make sense to me. Do you remember mm-hmm. we, uh, we remade, well, we did raps over the, the Mario yeah, beat? The Mario song, See, that's right. sick. That's yeah. dope as yeah. fuck, right? It's got to yeah. kind of be that Mario, or I mean, that, like, Nintendo made some sick beats back in the day. Oh, yeah. So, are you fairly new to Spotify? Yeah, so that, yeah. I, uh, because and the, you've kind of been taken off on Spotify, and I wonder yeah. if you, like, is there something you attribute that to? So uh, just getting on Spotify, I guess, yeah. because like, and even when I joined Spotify, I had to delete my shit from everywhere else because you have to, you know what I mean? Because oh, now, because now, well, you have to be through a distribution service through like TuneCore or DistroKid. Yeah, yeah. And if you're on any free streaming service, you have to delete your songs from there if you want them on to be distributed oh. for, you know, monetization, all that other bullshit. And so I took all my shit down and it took like a year to finally get all my shit cleared because every song that I had was already somewhere else getting I had millions upon millions of fucking plays and streams and shit. Like when my when I like Tetris, for example, that we're talking about it. When I took it off SoundCloud, I had like nine million fucking plays on that fucker. I was like, fuck, I don't want to take this down. Yeah, because it was. But fucking, you got, do you get money from that at all? Not SoundCloud, no. Yeah, not right. from fucking reverb, none of that shit. It's just there, exactly. And so I was like, everyone, everyone around me was like all these other artists are on Spotify, all this other shit. They're like, when are you going to take your shit serious? And I'm like, I don't know, man. It just didn't seem like anything. And so first put my music on Spotify, like six, seven months go by, and I'm like, fuck, nothing's happening. Like, I knew I fucked up. I shouldn't have done this. And then just started sharing my shit daily. And then I guess all the same people that were listening to it everywhere else just gravitated over towards Spotify. So fuck yeah. That's cool. But it's like your newer stuff they're listening to now. Yeah, yeah. And and then it's like goes back to what you're saying about just re releasing your old stuff. Re releasing old shit, dude. No. Has like some inspiration gone or whatever? Like I know some of the first stuff you wrote was while you were locked up. Sure. Fuck yeah. And so I'm sure you drew a lot of inspiration from that. Absolutely. What drives you now? Uh I struggle with that shit a lot, actually. I'll be honest. It's easier now to write shit than it was then. I used to hold myself to a, a high, way, high, way higher standard than I do now. Like, shit had to be perfect. All my my words had to flow a certain way. Everything, da 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 Right. And it wasn't until, honest, got you, you're in this. So, one night, we were uh, 
rapping and doing whatever we were doing. And you were like, can I show you something? And you showed me. I had never even noticed I was doing this until you pointed it out to me the way that I had been structuring my fucking bars and shit. And you did it with two different colored highlighters. I don't know if you remember that shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's fucking awesome. And once I learned that I was doing that, I was like, yeah, it's like a puzzle piece. It's easy as fuck. Yeah, I can say whatever the fuck I want. And now I, sometimes I'm like, I should have never learned that because... Sends you down a rabbit hole. Yeah, right? oh yeah, because now I'm like... obsessed with... Musical numbers and Mathematical and yeah, yeah. Alchemy and sound and shit. Yeah, yes, swear to God, dude. And then like, you're like, as long as I can figure out the fucking numerical patterns, <laughs> I can literally make everybody listen to whatever I want them to. It's great, but yeah. you know. Um, like, just logistically, when you're rapping those verses, you have... I don't know. I couldn't tell if it was another guy or if it was you and another voice rapping at the same time. Sure. But like, you have to do that right on the same meter, right? And is yeah, that yeah. like a bitch to record? Uh, so it used to be, honestly. Well, like, okay, so there's a secret to all this. It used to be if you couldn't rap the whole verse all the way through, like, there was no point to even recording the shit. And now it's a lot different. Like, you don't want to be able to rap the verse all the way through. You want to, like, not even record the whole verse. You want to do little parts. It's all segments. You, you pun- yeah, you punch it in and punch it in and punch it in and punch it in. So it's like cheating, but that's the way everything's done now. So it's It has like, a different sound to it, too, when you... Sure. Yeah, it's like every line kind of has a hit at the beginning and the right. end. Right, yeah. and depending on how intricate you're getting or not, your wind can become an issue. Sure. Yeah. So, like, it could... I think it has the option of sounding a lot better doing it in sections. Absolutely. Uh, it also depends on the verse, though. Sometimes it sounds great, just spit the whole way through. Exactly. Oh, yeah, and it depends on if you're planning on performing this track also because, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can che- you can cheat it all you want, but then you get on stage trying to rap as fast as you did in the studio and it's just, oh my no, God. We're just doing half the lines. Exactly. We're, I'm just doing half the song. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned earlier, producer, how does all that work? Like uh, uh, you have somebody making your beats and doing all the post-production? Yeah, so Gino, Gino Beats has been my main producer this whole time. I'd... I feel like an idiot because a lot of the rappers that I came up with were all learning how to produce beats and shit like that. And I was just, I was just like, there's always going to be someone there. And there is, usually, but I never really learned any of that shit. Well, like, do you have to pay them for it or you just Absolutely. credit them? Or you yeah, pay for, like, for all, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I'd, I'd rather do it that way because uh, there are, like, ways to lease beats or a producer will just let you use his shit. But then there's, uh, like, in the end, there's royalty, fucking credit, all this other bullshit you want to try and avoid. I don't know. I'd rather just buy the beat flat out so I own it. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. And then are you paying someone to like master it, mix it? So yeah, we we now we pay for a subscription of uh, mastering services, just a general fucking company online. It's a service it. you send all the tracks to, and mm-hmm. they no shit. Yeah, I didn't know there was. It's that like thing. twenty bucks a month or some shit. It's a monthly thing though. You have yeah. To... Oh yeah, that's where they get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Not a big deal if you're consistent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, making the music. No, hell, yeah. the music doesn't. Yeah, uh, it's probably cheaper than doing each track. So like, um, what shows do you have coming up? We got King Iso. King Iso. Iso should probably bring a crowd. What? Yeah. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. So I got a, sh- a show with Friday, March 24th with JQ and Stone P. And then King Iso is. Where's that? Oh, that one's at Liquid Joe's. You do a lot of Liquid Joe's? Yeah, that's where most of them are anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then King Iso. I'm not real. Let's look that one up. Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday May 2nd is King Iso again at Liquid Joe's. And what about songs? You got songs coming out soon? Uh, yeah, I got one with uh, Mystery Crazy Steve coming out called Dope Show All Stars. Nice. And one called Red X with Dennis James and Restless. And like, do you got to try to be an expert at social media? Is that just a f- 
part of it now? Yeah, that's the newest shit. That's like, if you're not, you're never going to get anywhere. I swear to God, it's the stupidest shit ever. I hate it so bad. Yeah. But uh, I have the benefit of the fact of, even if I wasn't a rapper, I would still try and probably be popular or famous because that's just who I am. And so I, yeah. I try to figure out social media as much as possible the whole time. And I'm Facebook famous, like, all the fucking time. So, I mean, that helps. Yeah, man, I got to say, like, I was telling Steve before he got here, you just fucking grinding, like, you're just kind of going after all kinds of shit. I respect that a lot. Thanks, man. Cool. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. But yeah, on the point that we're talking about, other touring acts would come to Ogden and they'd be like, man, you guys got your shit locked down. We wish we had it like this back home. Da -da 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 -da. Just Probably the same everywhere. Yeah. Sure, it's fucking horrible in a place like L.A. Because you think that there's a lot more opportunity, but really there's a lot more competition. People. Yeah, exactly. So with the acting shit, that's what I'm fucking scared of, dude. Like, because... Uh, I keep thinking, fuck, I need to move somewhere. But then I'm like, you know what? No, I'm just going to do the thing where I lie to the people wherever I, I want to move and just say that I do live there and try to apply for You get what I'm saying? Right. Everything's digital now. That's the blessing of everything. You That's know true. What I mean? And so uh, they they don't like sending out checks, paper, anything. They It's all email. It's all digital. I'll play John for a second ask some questions. Hell yeah, bro. Let's do it. I noticed on Facebook you talked about uh, breaking into the New Mexico film scene. Hell yeah, man. How did that happen? So, uh, New Mexico is the only place close to Utah with, uh, another, you know, film industry, but their shit is actually accredited where ours is not through what's called SAG and AFTRA, SAG and AFTRA, SAG AFTRA, SAG is, uh, the, uh, Screen Actors Guild. And so okay. nowhere in Utah, unless outside sources come in, like movies coming into film here, like nowhere here is actually SAG accredited, like none of the agents. That or blows my mind because a ton of movies are shot here. Oh yeah, nonstop. But that's why they do come here is because they don't have to pay SAG fees to film here. Do you see what I mean? And so there, there was like this whole riot a couple of years ago about it, but it nothing ever came of it. But so New Mexico is the closest place that is certified and all that other shit. So that's why I was like, okay, I need to get to New Mexico. But for that, like my my whole trade secret is this is uh, social media. You can go on online and try and pay all these websites and everything for all these acting. They're called breakdown services to find all these jobs and shit. But you're going to find the same exact shit for free on Facebook if you join, like, the right fucking acting groups and everything. They don't have to use SAG when they come to Utah, when they film in Utah? No, that's why they come here so much. No shit. Yeah, so they, okay, the, the whole, their agreement is they have to, they have to hire people from Utah to work on their films, but they don't have to pay, there, there's no, there are no, like, SAG filming laws here, if you know what I mean. You're not going to find, like, a full crew of SAG people. You can't fill a full crew in Utah. Well, I mean, there are. that's the thing is, so people here that are taking their career seriously are leaving and then getting their accreditation while still living here because, dude, I'm not going to move to fucking New Mexico. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I mean? I can barely afford Ogden. Well, but then if you get it, you, know you get SAG wages in Utah? So, yeah, I already do, though. Oh, you okay. know what I mean? Because I already, you need three to six SAG jobs that equal fucking, and, and the points are, like, 72 hours each or some goddamn shit. I can't remember how it breaks down, but I have all my vouchers from working on actual SAG accredited films that took place in Utah. But you have to be more than... Like, anyone can be a background actor. That's a civilian job is what it's called. Like, they just hire random motherfuckers. They don't give a shit. You just gotta look like a certain whatever like we need white people boom there you go we need people with brown hair black hair whatever black people you know whatever and, and then you go from extra to being a featured extra and a featured extra is somebody that may have a general line or two like that like nothing to do with nothing that's like a featured extra and I, you go from that to being like either a stand-in or an actual character, character work. And at the end of last year, I, I finished out working for Kevin Costner for like the past two months. And I was a stand-in for almost every single fucking person on Horizon, for really? sure. Really? Yeah. 
Fuck that's yeah. cool. That's where I got most of my credits from. And so it's like if you have a certain amount of hours on a SAG production, yeah, then you can get into SAG. Absolutely, you have. To, but so there's a you can be SAG eligible. So a SAG like an actors union. It is. It's, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So you can be SAG eligible, where you're eligible to get accreditation and actually just be certified, or you can just get certified. The certification. Uh, if you look it up, they will tell you that it costs like ten thousand dollars, some astronomical number. But if you actually call the place and talk to them, they're like, "No, it's like twelve hundred bucks." But it'll fuck you though, because once you are SAG, you cannot do any non-union work ever yeah. again. It, like not with your name, your own name. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that's why people take on stage names, sweater names, shit like that. If you go to LA, you there are fuck tons of more opportunities, but there's billions more competition. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? For I, I would just imagine that there is no like job postings for background work there. People just probably go out and go, hey, we're hiring background and like right. just randomly point at people and they're like, fuck yeah, I'd love <laughs> to be in a movie. You get what I mean? Whereas here in Utah, they treat it like it's a real part of the job services uh, because there's a lot of scam and like not by the book shit going on here because there's no, no one here to govern it. There's not like laws in place because this isn't like we were just talking about. There's no accreditation. So yeah. that's why they come here to film all the time. Full circle. <laughs> so how long have you been doing the acting? Uh, my whole life. So that that was, you want to hear a crazy story? When I was a kid, I was in a ton of fucking movies. And uh, like The Sandlot, This Boy's Life. Uh, no shit. Yeah, a bunch of other like local shit that I couldn't even remember. It. And here, the craziest part about all that, uh, didn't even remember like that. Like, I remembered that I was like, oh, I was in a movie once kind of thing. You yeah, get what Sandlot, I mean? Yeah, you had to be like eight or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm clearly in the fucking shit too. Like, you can see me sitting there. Da, 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 da. I'm like nine. Yeah. And so... Uh, I get older, I go through my whole life, I do all my criminal bullshit, become a rapper, da 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 And then uh, this, uh, it all started coming back, Was uh, there was a film going on in Ogden, and I saw, I saw it on social media, that, oh, they're filming, I can't even remember what the fuck it was. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to apply for that, it'd be cool to be in a movie. And I was like, oh yeah, I was already in a movie, I didn't, and I forgot all about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I was like, dude, I was like a childhood actor, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and it just like comes back, and I'm like, what the hell? go ask my mom about it. I'm like, did you try to force me into acting as a kid? And she's like, yeah, but you didn't want to do it. So we stopped. And I was like, really? And I was like, that's crazy, because here I go. So yeah. <laughs> so how did it start? She's just like, let's go to some auditions? Like, she just thought it'd be fun or what? Uh, so she's a, nor- a little, not normal, but closer to normal now than she was back then. But she was what they'd call now a pageant mom. I have, oh. a, I have two sisters, and she was always big on trying to get them into beauty competitions and all that other shit. And then I was just the boy. And so you had to find something for him to do. And so I don't even know how she came across it, but I remember I was in like a Kmart ad or something that she still has pictures of back in the day. All She's just like bullshit. watching out for auditions. Yeah, and then... yeah, just trying to. And I can't even imagine how hard it was back then without like the internet and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. be yeah. on top of it. For, for real. Sure. Like, where'd you even see these listings? Because she, she didn't, never left Utah. Like, but... I kind of like it, though. It's just yeah. like, ah, something to do. Something it's to do, yeah. Thing. It's really cool. Now you have representation? Yes, I do. Like you, uh, are they are they Utah based? Yeah. Is um like you're saying, there's a lot of scams out there. Sure. Was there a way that you discern between what I assume were scam offers you got and what you know? No. <laughs> you're like I might be getting scammed right now. <laughs> Not at all. I am getting scammed. Everybody is. That's the whole oh. fucking thing. <laughs> That's almost like a rite of passage. You have to get scammed and learn the scam well, yeah, so that you, you can level up. Yeah. Like you're going so, for stuff. 
But so along those lines, there's no way here to do it without getting scammed, if that makes sense. But you have to just find the best avenues of like, who's going to fuck me the least, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I... No, I, I, I'm talking shit. There are some legit uh, uh, agencies here that do try to at least try to take care of you and try to do shit by the book. But for the most part, none of them can be held accountable for shit if they do it wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying any of them treat you especially wrong by any means. I just don't, I don't think they have the ability or the knowledge to act in the best of their But do they get int- you like interest i guess you know what i mean yeah but like i mean you know people always hear about productions coming to the state wherever sure and does the agent somehow get you a leg up in that or is it the kind of stuff that a lot of times you're just seeing calls for anyway and so you you hit the nail on the head pretty much so that's the whole thing is like it's just like the rap shit they they bank on so many people in utah wanting to be actors who have never done this shit before but once you get to like a top level this shit's like this I, i i how do i put this without trying to sound like i'm bragging like i'm a really uh, highly sought out actor in Utah because I have a really unique, deeply fucking passionate voice or some shit. And, and because I look really like mean and intimidating and I have a bunch of fucking tattoos and I'm probably the only person they've ever experienced like that who wanted to be an actor and was like semi-intelligent, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I say all that to say this. I get a lot of good fucking jobs. Uh-huh. And I've all, and I and I always am like, how do how the fuck does this keep happening to me? I, I don't deserve this kind of thing. But I mean, I do. I work for it. But, you know, you get kind of imposter syndrome after a while. And the reason is, on every movie set that I'm on, I'll get better jobs than like these kids that went to fucking BYU for like nine goddamn years for acting and shit and for theater and all this other shit. And they're like way passionate about it. And just, I remember, you know, they say they are, but I remember you telling me about one lady. She said that she's a full-time actress, but was doing one gig a month, one gig every two months or so. And right. you're, you're doing it daily, weekly. Yeah, exactly. So you it, just, I think you've got a little more grind than a lot of these people. I think so too. And I think they consider full-time to be something different than what we would. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Just because of who they are. Like most of these Provo kids have grown up with, you know, plenty of money, they went to college, for example, to BYU to be an actor. Whereas uh, I fucking dropped out of like sixth grade. No, I'm just joking. They're, uh, what is the word? Affluent. Well, yeah, because you do grind. Like, you've got what? Like, uh, like quite a few audition videos and all that stuff oh, out. God. Yeah, fuck yeah. I put out a new audition video at least two a day. Sometimes. That's, that's like, uh, just like part of the grind to you is like, you know, get yourself out there. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it's, I try to do it daily. This is a secret. So audition for shit you don't think you're going to get all the fucking time no matter what because Uh it brings out a lot of different character points in yourself that you wouldn't see. So I send in, like I said, like two or three auditions almost every single day. Like I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I do is like look for auditions. Boom, there's a couple of them. Bam, send them in. Just because if not, then I still have the video audition of me like on my websites, on on my YouTube, everything that people can see and go, all right, so he can do these different things. Do you know what I mean? Will you take a second plug your youtube and all that so people know where to find you oh sure uh (laughs) so i have two of them uncle opie and Jared Glenn Palmer. It's just uh, it's just follow you on Spotify. Okay, uh, releasing are tracks. You, are you ready for this? Yeah, I am your Uncle Opie. I am a Mormon. I am on probation, and I am addicted to Robitussin. and I love y'all for real. I represent a company called Black Shirt. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all under the name Uncle Opie. That's Uncle O P E Y. Why? Why not? Don't forget about our fun drive for youth futures that's happening right now. Get some gift cards to something fun. A trampoline park, skating rink, flow rider, mini golf, whatever you can think of. And drop them off to one of our business partners. It's Foley's Gym, Brookie Bakes, Bellamy Boutique, Utah Dance Academy, Grounds for Coffee, or Salon Satori. 
You can follow our partners in charity Love Ogden, spelled L-U-V, for a list of what and where to donate, videos of our drop-off locations, and a quick tour of Youth Futures with our friend from Episode 8, Sherry Bambro. 